This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to my favorite murder. I feel like we're starting the mini zone. I feel like we're starting to draw hello out. Like the longer we're in quarantine, the longer the hello is getting. It's like you can hear it deep down. Isn't this still <laughs> happening underneath all? Oh, hello. Um, we're I we're filming this for the fan cult. We put up some oh, live yeah. um, recordings on the fan cult, and I just realized that I need to put my computer a little higher so it's not just full chin under chin view yeah you you have to do what i do and just like stack it up on as many dictionaries as and thesauruses as you can find i want it to be like a tall i'm staring up at a tall really tall person you know i want to lay on my back and and hang it by chains from the ceiling (laughs) cool kind of like a modern art way so this Um, is where we read you your story (laughs) (laughs) do you know what this is oh it's been a week um do you want to go first sure okay I'd also just like to say that I recently d- covered my roots and oh. this color hair that my hair is now yeah, like that it. you can see because you're doing video is the color hair I had as a child. It's like a beautiful dark brown that's got nice highlights in it. <laughs> it's just kind of, yeah, just medium brown. I like it. Um, Here's number one. Hi from across the pond, or as we say in Yorkshire, A up. Oh, Today, the Yorkshire Ripper, Peter, Peter Sutcliffe, died of coronavirus, no less. No. Did you hear that? No. Yeah, the Yorkshire Ripper died in jail of coronavirus. Great. So so I thought it would be a good time to share my connection to the case. I'm from Leeds in Yorkshire, England. My mum's side of the family is from Bingley, West Yorkshire. <laughs> Mr. Bingley, this is all very... This is kind of like me reading... Um, places in narnia and then (laughs) but it's real Mm -hmm. it's real i assure you and she grew up uh there one street over from the sutcliffe family that is the yorkshire rippers family Uh, my uncle was and still is good friends with peter sutcliffe's brother and once visited his house which he remembers as being a quote long walk over the moors where peter Gave them spam to eat, a disgusting food suitable for a disgusting man. (laughs) My uncle has told me that the Sutcliffe family are lovely people and couldn't be further removed from the horrible crimes Peter committed. Mm. Just another example of the 
the family, the murderer's family being victims too. Right. On this day, I'd like to take some time not to focus on the awful serial killer, but an inspiring event which came about because of both his crimes and police mishandling of the case. At the time, both the police and the press zeroed in on the fact that Sutcliffe was killing sex workers. They investigated and presented the case as only sex worker related, despite the fact that Sutcliffe murdered women who were not. Police also advised women to, quote, stay indoors after dark, blaming women and the victims of these crimes for simply living their lives. Mm. As a result, 60 women marched in Leeds carrying signs that read things like no curfew for women, curfew for men. Fuck yeah. Right. Thus began the Reclaim the Night protests, which continue to this day across the UK, marching against victim blaming and seeking to make public spaces safe for women, even at night. I'm proud to be from Leeds, where women refused to be blamed by sexist dickheads and stood up for their rights and the rights of Sutcliffe's victims. Right now. I, and that's moving to me. That's that got me. So, I mean, I mean, what yeah. an amazing what an amazing thing to do. Right now, I go to university in Sheffield, and the university accommodation is in the same area where Sutcliffe was finally apprehended. So I seem to follow this case wherever I go. It reminds me that there are dangerous people out there, but more importantly, that a crime is never the victim's fault, and you have the right to fight back. I write for the university's branch of the newspaper, The Tab, and <laughs> I don't know what that's like. Well, the Tab. We're keeping tabs on you. Uh, wink. You know, wink emoji. Wink. We got you. Um, this clearly I haven't like been around other people for a while. So everything's really exciting. <laughs> okay. This emails, exciting words, nouns, oh, definitely. all of it. Um, and wrote an article about Sutcliffe's death today. Check out if you fancy it. We'll go over to the, the, the tab.edu. I imagine UK. Probably. In the article, I really wanted to remember the victims of above all else. All that said, no woman should ever be blamed for her own murder and you should never mess with Yorkshire folk. XOXO, Izzy. Awesome job. Um, This one's called, I'm not going to tell you the name. Okay. Morning, y'all. Wait, no. Morning, all (laughs) y'all. Oh, cats, dogs and mustaches included. I absolutely love your podcast and have found many other murderinos from a little call your dad. You're in a cult sticker I have on my water bottle. So thank you for helping my socially awkward ass make friends. Nice. Um, anyways, it's murder story time. So I work for a metropolitan police department in the Midwest and my job is called an identification processor. We are civilian workers and essentially we process, a.k.a. fingerprints and mugshots, people that are usually um, from traffic court or are parolees, probation nears. While it isn't as interesting as the detention deputies processing the arrestees from the street, we occasionally have some interesting people come and see us. One day during the shutdown, we were limited staffing and two officers came down with a gentleman that wouldn't identify himself. Usually when this happens, the person is shit faced drunk and frankly, doesn't even know their names themselves. However, this was not the case in this situation. It was a very calm man with a charming smile. And yet every instinct in my body was screaming at me to get the absolute fuck away from this guy. I knew that I was safe. There were two officers and this guy had handcuffs. And yet I broke out in a cold sweat and my fight or flight instincts were in full force. I kept my shit together and fingerprinted his two thumbs and pointer fingers and then went to see if there would, would be any results on the fast ID machine. There was, and this fucker's name was in bold red, something I had never seen before. The officers and I made eye contact, and I told him I was going to do a little bit more research to make sure that their results were accurate. 
When I went to look up his name on our warrant database, this fucker was wanted, and then all caps, in four motherfucking states for killing families. Oh, my God. I quickly printed the results out and told the officers to call for some backup, a.k.a. calling in our CERT team, which makes sure shit doesn't hit the fan. That's C-E-R-T. The CERT officers came and put this bastard in a, quote, three-piece suit, which is the crass name for the handcuffs that are around the feet, waist, and hands. He was then taken away, and I last I heard he was being transferred to Minnesota and is awaiting trial there before having to go to the other three states to stand trial as well. Needless to say, I quickly called my sister, also a murderino, and told her everything, where she proceeded to also flip the fuck out. I can't say I would recommend having to stand so close to what I would say pure evil feels like, but I would say that it was an experience that my morbid and twisted self will never forget. Thanks again for all the amazing work you do. Just remember to stay sexy and always wash your hands after fingerprinting a serial killer. A. Also, that level of evil... It's like, I feel like, and I I say this knowing you can't discern one horrifying act, intentional act right. of murder from another, but something about killing families, it like puts you straight into like, it's like Manhunter, yeah. you know, yeah. like the prequel to Silence of the Lambs type of stuff where it's right. just like, you're, you're, you're a family annihilator. And it's also like the killing, being a family killer and then also coming in smiling acting casual and refusing to give your name and like you are playing you are this person you are devoid of empathy or you know any kind of human fucking which is what was sending their (sighs) senses crazy because i think that the idea that it all came down to instinct like that right you're acting like a normal person and it's not fucking working somewhere deep in my animal brain i mean i really that's the kind of thing would you want to experience that firsthand do you think i don't want to say yes because i'm not like let's do it but i think it would be really interesting you know what i mean just i would like to see what the difference is yeah and I would like to go, oh, I've had, I had that feeling about that yeah. guy before. What's cool about it is that I'm sure we actually had those experiences, but she got to immediately have hers confirmed. So like, we'll yes. never have ours confirmed. We'll just be like, Let's get that guy's creepy. We, we need a fast ID machine. Yeah. <laughs> See, Emily, put that on the list of stuff to get from. Put that Staple. on the exactly right uh, card, credit card. I'm on okay. It. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're IDing you, Steve. Uh, this one is Badass Survivor Story and a 14-year-old hero. Great. More credit to the 14-year-olds and the TikTokers. I actually... <laughs> there's notes left over. There's notes left over from our last episode, and there was a thing I wrote that said, don't shit on TikTok. <laughs> because I think I said something like, I don't understand it or I'm too right. old for it. Right. But I, sh- I should have probably qualified it to the millions and millions of passionate TikTok users that... <laughs> That's all on me. I'm sure doing great things and and being creative and amazing and awesome and where the oldies going. Eh, yeah. What the fuck is that? They entirely are because, as I said, Nora sends me TikToks she likes all the time, and I sent you that one the cap that just skateboarded across the room, and the girl goes, "Did he just do that on his own?" It like that was <laughs> insane. It was that was the, amazing. The other person just perfectly caught it. We'll send it to you, Stephen. Yeah. That's right up your alley. Okay. <laughs> Um, so this starts, hello, I love the show, yada, 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 let's get to it. 
In 2013, I was a freshman at Central Michigan University in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. The town of Mount Pleasant was a small town invaded by college students, very infrequently plagued by crime. It felt so safe that I often walked home alone in the dark on campus. Freshmen get the short end of the stick when it comes to class times. Um, Right after we wouldn't know. Uh, Right after Christmas break, I got my very first central alert, an abduction on campus. My roommates and I were flooded with terror, but also imagining the terror of the person who was taken. Around 9 p.m. on January 16th, 2013, a young woman, her name was not released, was leaving the Student Activities Center, um, a.k.a. the gym, when she was approached by a man in his 30s. He showed her a gun and forced her into her vehicle. He said to her that he had been waiting for the perfect person to grab and she was the unlucky one. He drove her to his mother's house, not far from campus. There he bound her and raped her. After this heinous act, he forced the woman back into her vehicle and told her that he was going to kill her. He brought with him two canisters of gas. Now here's the badass part. As they drove down the road, the woman was able to get the door unlocked and she jumped out of the moving vehicle. Oh, my God. She sprinted to the nearest house and began pounding on the door. A 14 year old boy babysitting his younger siblings answered the door, let her in and told her to hide Mm. in the closet. He then locked the door, grabbed the phone and joined her in the closet with his siblings. As they called 911, her abductor ran up to the house. realized it was locked and proceeded to pour the gasoline all over the exterior of the house and then lit it on fire. What the fuck? As the police arrived, the suspect took off in the stolen vehicle. After an hours-long police chase, it ended on foot in a city hundreds of miles away with a with police with a police-assisted suicide. So the the police killed him, right? Soon before that, he posted on Facebook, "Well, folks, I'm about to get shot. Peace." How have we not heard of this? That's I don't know. Okay, so it says the rapist was Eric Ramsey, a recently released felon. He ended his life, but the woman and those young children saved theirs. (sighs) Side note. Soon after this, my sister was leaving the um, that's the SAC, which is the the gym. Mm -hmm. And someone shouted to her. She audibly screamed and started running. Turns out it was just someone making sure she was getting to her car. Yeah, dude, just by (laughs) screaming. Better better safe than sorry. (laughs) That idea where it's just the second you hear any noise behind you, you just fucking take off. Oh, yeah, but what idiot? I just pictured them actually Mm. just letting out a loud scream. Not like, are you okay? You know, it's just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, thanks for normalizing therapy and being such a great space for me during this difficult time. Stay sexy and jump out of a car if you have to, to not get murdered. Carly. Wow. Unbelievable Carly, story. Thanks for sending that. That idea just- that the, so someone who, the instinct that when that person escaped, the instinct that the, that this, that the, kidnapper had not to oh shit i'm caught take off but to fucking keep coming and Mm. they didn't know that the boy was home alone there could have been adults in there there could have been you know people with a gun in there they didn't care like that that to me is just like i don't care you know i have no care about what happens to me so there's just not a thought in my mind well it's very animalistic yeah it's like it's pursuing your prey and trying to get it no matter what and not caring yeah yeah what the reality of it is wow that's terrifying it's and what a brave 14 year old boy i wish their name was published because that's badass to not to not panic to not shut down to not 
I th- I don't know what I would have done, but there's a 50% chance as a 14-year-old, I would have been like, you can't come in. No, you wouldn't have. Thank you. That's all I wanted you to say. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been like, what's the number for 911? But I don't think you would have <laughs> been like, no, get okay. out of here. I'll let you in, but you have to hit me to this one thing. I've heard about this emergency line you can call where the police will come super fast to your house. <laughs> the end. Okay. Um, okay, here's one. Uh, help solve my roller derby friend's murder. Hi, MFM crew. I started listening to your podcast during quarantine and your voices have helped me feel like I have a social life. My hometown murder is the unsolved murder of my friend and teammate, Kobe Walden. It's K-O-B-I. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. You may know of us for the Indianapolis 500 or, ahem, our former governor, Mike Pence. And then it says, sorry about that. Mm. I played roller derby for years and I met Kobe in 2017 when he joined our men's roller derby team, the Race City Rebels. Roller derby is a tight knit community. You automatically become friends with anyone sharing an interest in the sport. Kobe was sweet and kind and so excited to play. On the night of May 1st, 2017, Kobe went to a derby practice and then stopped by the grocery store on his way home. Shortly after 10 p.m., he sat in his car in the parking lot of Southport Crossing Apartments and texted a friend. That is the last anyone heard from him. Just before noon the next day, police were called to the apartment complex. A group of young fishermen had found a body near the creek behind one of the apartment buildings. It would later be identified as Kobe. He had been shot multiple times and was laying face down near the creek. In the parking lot outside of Kobe's car, police found a bag of groceries and a gym bag. His gym bag appeared untouched, but his cell phone and the ring he wore was missing. Police canvassed the area and found a few neighbors who heard gunshots, but no one saw what happened. The theory is that Kobe was walking towards his apartment when he was confronted by a stranger. He ran around the building to try to get away when he was fatally shot. There was a brief period where a few people called in tips, but since then the case has gone cold. Everyone who knew him misses him terribly. We wear a 47, his jersey number, on our helmets or bodies during games to honor his memory. Stay sexy. And if you know of anything related to Kobe's murder, please call Crime Stoppers of Central Indiana, Cali. Yeah, so it's Indianapolis, Indiana, and it happened in 2017. Oh, man. No, so awful. Like just long enough to be a cold case, but it's still so recent. Yeah. It sounds like someone tried to rob him and he was like, fuck this, I'm getting away. And yeah. then they murdered him. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those Horrible. things where it's like those those little tips that you don't think mean anything. Like if you live in an apartment building and you notice something weird around that time too, and maybe there was, you know. Something. Or if you know, I, I wonder if there's a website somewhere yeah. or like where what that ring looks like that got stolen. Ooh, yeah. If it's showed up anywhere, that that's completely from Golden State Killer stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the way, the way web sleuths do it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. 
Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Okay, this, um, my last one is also an update. Subject line of this one is personal connection to the UAH shooting. 
Um, Hello, I've been meaning to send this email for months, but when I saw today's episode was about my hometown murder, I figured it was finally time I tell you my personal connection to this tragedy. I thought I was done with procrastination when I graduated college this May, but you know, shrug emoji. Oh, oh, that never goes away. Let me just tell you, it it gets worse as you get older. Um, I'm not going to retell the horrible story of the shooting, but my personal connection is kind of funny. So let's just focus on that. Part. Uh, yeah, if you want to hear this, the horrible story of the um, shooting of the University of Alabama at Huntsville, uh, we just did it this week. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, uh, that's congratulations, Smarty episode. We lived in a suburb of Huntsville at the time of the shooting, and it shook the entire area because things like that don't really happen here. Flash forward a couple years, and a new fast food establishment is built in our town. My mom went to this restaurant every morning before work to get a sandwich and chat with one of the employees who she ends up becoming very good friends with. My mom is a classic Southern woman. She never meets a stranger, and she will talk your ear off. So this was very common for her. (laughs) Well, after a while, my mom being friends with this lovely woman, and she finally confides in my mom that she, and this is in all caps, shared a jail cell with Amy Bishop Anderson while she was awaiting sentencing for this murder. Whoa, that is not the connection I thought. <laughs> right? It's it's very much out of left field. Wow. And then it says, seriously, the employee was in jail for minor charges, but she was put in a cell with a murderer for some period of time. But that's not all. She told my mom that while they were in jail together, the other inmates called her Shooter Bishop. Um, and that she mostly kept to herself. The woman also told my mom that the 2020 episode about Amy Bishop Anderson aired on the jail TV and they all watched it while she was in the room with them. Oh my God. The woman said ABA sat in the corner and sulked the whole time. (laughs) I don't like the way I'm portrayed in this story about me being a fucking murderer. About, about me Truly doing uh, one of the worst crimes there have ever. I mean, just absolutely yeah, psychotic. Anyways, as much as I make fun of my mom for befriending every person she meets, I'm currently thankful that she talks to everyone she meets or else I wouldn't have the story to tell you. Stay sexy and maybe befriend your local restaurant workers. Abigail. I love that because I love the idea of this southern, nice southern mom woman who somehow gets this woman to tell her about something you would think a Southern mom might be judgy about. Right. She's not. She just She's wants, clearly not. Yeah. Which is really cool because, you know, people get in, in, in prison for very petty, you know, things. And it's happens to a lot of fucking people. And to judge and those people, people is pretty simple. Yeah. P- sometimes people get are arrested and put in jail for things so minor or sometimes for nothing at all as we well know so there is that thing of like you know we're not this is not we're not basically why did they put right a person who who murdered three people and shot nine people yeah just kind of in with anybody petty drug crime or something like that or or whatever violent yeah it's stealing muffins from this shop or whatever right like yeah. yeah um okay my last one Abandoned underwater locales, accidental deaths, and bonus sinkhole horror. Whoa. Wait, that's not the right one. Oh, no, that's not mine. <laughs> oh, just everything I want to hear about? No, do you want me to do it? this one? Because it's kind of a bummer. No, no, no. And then it gets no, at no, the no. end is a sinkhole. I, I, I'm going to save it for next week, I think. Okay. This one's just called My Favorite Drunk Grandpa Story. 
Sup, bitches. <laughs> okay. My sister introduced me to your podcast a few months ago, and by no surprise to anyone, I am hooked. I love all the grandpa stories, and I think you guys might love this one, too. I've always heard stories about my mom's dad being a badass. He always bragged about being a Marine and how he was trained to kill. Knowing so many stories about him, I couldn't pick one. So what do I do? Call mom. I asked her if there are any cool stories about her dad, and she replies with, well, there was the one time your granddad's brother stabbed him 16 times in the stomach and he almost died. Oh, what? And then it says, excuse me, what? Which I think every, that is, line is in every time someone asks their parents something is, yes, it's always in there. Like, why haven't you fucking told me this? According to my mom, my granddad, Robert, and his brother, Clint, were drinking together, not an uncommon thing, and Clint asked my granddad for a cigarette. Being the cocky dude my grandpa was, he picks up a cigarette butt from the ashtray and flicks it at his face. Clint, in a drunken rage, stabbed him 16 times in the stomach. What? (laughs) Leaving his small intestine basically laying on the floor next to him. No. He lost about 90% of his blood and was put into a medically induced coma. Well, he eventually recovered and lived to get shit-faced with his brother another day. Oh, so no hard feelings. Or jail time, apparently. I... Okay. My granddad and all of his hate siblings had a fair share of family squabbles and stabbings. Oh, like the time one of his sisters stabbed another one of his brothers. Because why? I have no fucking clue. What? Anyway, stay sexy and don't flick cigarettes at your brother's face. Macy. I, I think Especially if you're... If, <laughs> I mean, look, look, all families are different. Yeah. And... This family is clearly into knife play in many ways. <laughs> yeah. There, There's knives laying around. Maybe yeah. that's the family business. But I'm laughing at this because it's old timey. It feels old timey. And so it almost feels like it's a time and a place. It's not funny. And they are still friends. So it's, uh, you know what I mean? And it's his name's Clint. So clearly it's yeah. like he had a cowboy hat and a bad attitude. What if it was like inside information about the actual Clint Eastwood where it's Ooh. like, you know, he's like, he's a touch of a homicidal maniac. <laughs> Just a touch. That's Would why his movies are so good. Surprise in the least bit. <laughs> but it is so funny to have like stories that you don't know about your family. Do you know yesterday? Um, I just feel like sorry really quick that clint um it's right to be mad if someone flicks a burning cigarette in your face but but two stabs would have gotten the message across 16 is i'm trying to kill you it's too many i mean that's it is i'm trying to kill you and i have uncontrolled rage yeah or i'm a blackout alcoholic who maybe needs to go to aa after this experience and well you know now you're sober and you're judging everybody (laughs) fair enough fair enough rock bottom for me is a different thing than rock bottom for clint and i appreciate that and i agree that you know mine is maybe like you know falling asleep in front of the tv and clint's is not stabbing someone 16 times. So. 16 is two. It's a, it's three more than a baker's dozen. It's I, too many. I don't want to see intestines <laughs> spilling anywhere. I don't want a medically induced coma involved. If your brother, if you and your brother get into a fight that ends in you holding your small intestines. Yeah. And um, then I bet you anything. Therapy? Yeah. Clint's the one who called the ambulance too. One of those like, oh, let me take, like, I did this. It's such a brother thing, you know? Either that or Clint picked up that lit cigarette and finished it and then put it out in his small intestine. Or Clint There's was, all these different. Clint was the town uh, ambulance driver. <laughs> Threw him in. 
Jesus fucking Christ. Wait, how old? Do we know how old it is? No, I'm always thinking it's old timey. But then a lot of our listeners are super young. So this could have been from the 80s. They're like, in in 1991, my uncle Clint went nuts. No, it's grandpa. So it it could be the 80s and 90s. (laughs) 70s, which sounds right. Still, Um, if you have more information about when this happened and how uh, inappropriate my laughter is, please write in and let let us know. If Clint's actually our age and he wants to tell us the story himself. Ooh, no. Please tell him no. Thank you from us. (laughs) Not interested. Well, he straightened his life out. Remember, he went to AA. Oh, he did. He went to AA eventually. Oh, I thought you made that up. I did. (laughs) He eventually stabbed someone 17 times and that was rock bottom. And he said, enough. Enough with this. Clint, you need to take a long look at yourself in the mirror. And my relationship with my siblings. That's right. Well, Well, (laughs) we did it. We did something. All right. (laughs) Look, you're sending it to us. We just we're just reading the news. We don't make the news. (laughs) That's right. We're news talkers, not news, you know, creators. That's right. Um, send mm-hmm. us your the stories. Clearly, the the bar is set very high, and you know we want to share all your fucking stories about whatever the fuck. Really love um, just just this batch reminding me. Really love heroic teens and preteens. Oh, absolutely. They really need the shot in the arm. They yeah. need you know they and need to know we we respect them. They don't have to be about murder. Like, did you you know put out a fire at something? Yeah, right. Did like you start a fire and then put it out quickly. <laughs> we want to hear about it. Did you like? Yeah, did you do something heroic that like or a, a teen that you knew did something? I don't know. Yeah, do you, were you brave in the moment, but also at the same time thirteen? Right. Those things are difficult right. as a combination. So hard to be both of those things, Ugh. brave and thirteen. Ugh. Ugh. All I did was wine and eat candy. <laughs> All I did was wine and meth. Um, <laughs> you know what I would love? We always ask for sibling stories of when you tried to kill your sibling when you were little. You know, on accident. Yeah. What about you saved your sibling? We thought that would be nice too, right? Yeah, that would be. Um, but guess what, guys? Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Goodbye, Goodbye. Elvis. You want a cookie?